Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of Ravenhill Roundup on SoundCloud, on Spotify and on Amazon Music. My name is Lewis Stranigan, I am joined once again by Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a bit sick. I'm a bit tired. But hey ho, what do you expect whenever it's November? Yeah, it does the job anyway. In this week's episode, we will be looking back at the win down at Thoman Park against Munster, Ulster's first since 2014. We'll be looking at a controversial refereeing appointment for that game. Interesting chat there. We'll be answering any of your listener questions that you had during the week. We'll be looking ahead to Ireland's first November international against South Africa. And of course we'll be looking ahead to the Zebra game on the 25th. And who may be returning from injury in that game. Just a quick reminder that we are on Instagram at Ravenhill underscore Roundup. Please get in touch and leave your listener questions and we'll be happy to answer them at any time during the podcast. But before we get stuck into that great win against Munster, let's go back to last Saturday when Ulster's game away in South Africa against the Sharks was called off. Jimmy, how disappointing was it to see the game called off at such late notice? It was really, really disappointing whenever you think about how good we were against the Lions and being able to potentially carry that momentum into the next game and something as silly as uh, food poisoning is basically what brought it all down and uh, I think that it negatively affected this game and uh, sort of you see now players retired and everything like that but having that game called off and not having any clarity on what's going to happen with it either. I think that uh, it leaves a big question mark on Ulster's season at the minute because it's a big team to miss a game on. Yeah, definitely agree. It's it's going to be really tough with the tight schedule this year to try and reschedule a trip out to South Africa, which of course can take it out of the players. A lot of people on social media this week suggesting that Ulster had faked the uh, illness to try and get out of the game. How disappointed were you with the, th- the thoughts of those people? We saw that Dan McFarland was particularly unhappy um, about these thoughts. They're rats. A whole lot of them rats. That's what they are. Just getting on going, oh, your, your team's better than ours. So so if they're sick, it means that they're trying to be dodgy. But uh, you know that that's not what happened. Because I, I, I was looking on comments of the highlights from Munster and even the Munster fans are having a go this week because apparently they lost because we had a week off and that's just not what happened. We won because we were the better team. It had nothing to do with players being sick. We were actually at a disadvantage because we were without some players because they were still sick. Yeah, they're just rats and salty, to be honest. Yeah, not to be forgotten that Glasgow game also off at that weekend for the same reasons. Um, let's move on to some more positive news. Ulster 15, Munster 14, our first win at Thoman Park since 2014. How good will it feel to the Ulster players to get that first win in so many years and will it break down a barrier for future years travelling to Thoman Park? I think it's amazing for Ulster and it is definitely going to break down them barriers. This whole season, you've been seeing barriers being broken by Ulster, seeing it in South Africa, and you're seeing it now, two places that it's very hard for Ulster to get a win in, 
uh, and just go out and play a really good game and get the points that you need. And I think that it opens up future and takes away the stigma of going to certain grounds and lets them just play their game. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I, I was actually there when we last won in Thuman Park in 2014 and it's felt like a long, long time and it's always felt like a really tough place to go. But let's get stuck into the game anyway. A one-point victory, Jimmy. What were your overall thoughts on the game? It's always nice to come out with a victory, I think. One point maybe didn't necessarily show how the game could have went or should have went with the quality. Uh, but I guess that you're sort of seeing the effects of the absence of what would basically be a week's training on the match. Um, Ulster forwards for me, great as they have been all season. And I hope that that keeps up. They're really strong and... Uh, muscling in the challenges and I think a couple of uh, good pushes that ended up resulting in tries actually came from the forwards and uh, the set pieces were really really good and getting physical and in against the side that this season has showed that their forwards have been winning them games. did think that the refereeing was a bit of a shambles at times um, there was on both sides, I sort of seen it. Uh, I think that Malachi uh, Fagatoa should have been sent off uh, in the late stages of the game. You know, he went in for the tackle and postured up. Uh, but I also do think that uh, Dan Vermeulen should have had a yellow with the uh, eye poking, whether it was accidental or uh, on purpose. You usually see see uh, players get carded for uh, contact like that um, but overall I think that Ulster showed fight and showed gusto to go in the game after being, being out for a week and played really well I am starting to get a bit worried about Munster I think that they've had a bit of a slow start to the season and especially in this game, I sort of feel like they're losing their fight a bit. Yes, it was close, but there was a lot of times where I seen them sort of being a bit lazy and uh, not really pushing as they could have done. Because at the end of the day, it was one point, and if they worked a bit harder and at the level that you know that they can, they probably could have beat Ulster on the day. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, Jimmy. I thought Ulster played particularly well in that first half um, I thought our discipline was really good and our defence especially right at the start of the game Munster went through quite a lot of uh, phases and Ulster just seemed to defend it really well they were getting off the line quickly making big tackles and uh, a few really good turnovers as well so um, a really good start to the game for Ulster and you know that's something they've been doing quite a lot this season and to go in at 15-3 up at half time you know that that's the kind of lead you want to be going into at Thoman Park uh, we all know how tough a place it is to win which is shown by how long it's been since Ulster have won there so to go in 15-3 up at half time was really pleasing I think the most disappointing thing about this game is how Ulster didn't kick on in the second half um, we know that the sickness of last week probably had effects, you know, travel home from South Africa with the sickness and 
uh, a very short turnaround into this game so you know that's probably had an effect on the players and of course losing a lot of players to international duty as well but you know a win's a win it's broken down them barriers as we talked about and you know we saw how pleased Dan McFarland was at the end of the game with the win and I think all the fans will be really pleased as well so let's get stuck into the tries Jimmy um first try off a driving mall for Jordy Murphy what did you think about that one you know I love a love a forward try and uh, it was just the epitome of that it was really strong forward play uh, and it it was kind of strange in a way because uh, Munster had been strong in their forwards and they go that early with a forward pushing try I thought was really really great and um, just set the tempo up for that whole half you know getting getting an early try four minutes in uh, and it was just really strong forward play which I love um, so second try coming not that long after um, what do you think about it? Yeah it was great to see Tom Stewart get another try he's been so impressive when he's came in for Ulster this year um, for when Rob Herring has been both injured and away with Ireland. Monster gave away a couple of really silly penalties from you know, two really inexperienced second rows. It was another great line-out and mole for from Ulster, and Tom Stewart d- dove over really well. But for me, it was far too easy. It was really per mole defence from Munster, and that's something you don't associate with them when you're playing them. They're always known for their forwards and how strong they can be, but it is something you associate with Ulster with how well their mole has been this year, and I thought it was a really impressive drive to get over the line another missed conversion by Nathan Doak so it was only 10-0 but you could see how the wind was affecting the kicks all night so you know Ulster were good value for their 10-3 lead at that time and just before half time as well Ulster got over once again through James Hume I thought it was good phases after the line out and of course the yellow card for Fakatoa Ulster just really went through some basic physical carries which paid off really well and then went wide found the space and James Hume got over which I'm sure he'll be very happy about in his first start of the season he'll be looking to get himself back into that starting team with Luke Marshall and McCluskey playing so well in that centre role this season you know it, it was a good start for him still a few things for him to work on getting back to fitness but I think he'll be overall pretty pleased with his his first start and the final try we have to look at is the monster one in the second half on the 65th minute. Daly got over for a try. I thought it was really well played by Simon Zebo, who just timed his pass to perfection. He was a really good introduction from Munster from the bench and he looked pretty sharp and they just stretched Ulster wide when quite late in the game when they looked pretty tired which again could be the facts of the illness in South Africa last week. Again, the conversion was missed, so I just hit the post actually, and thankfully Ulster were able to keep their one-point lead. Jimmy, were there any players in particular you were uh, impressed with or disappointed with? Anyone that stood out for you? Standouts for me, I will say, in forward line, uh, Marty Moore. I think that he played a really strong game, uh, and basically just I think he won near enough if not all of his uh, tackles and fights 
Uh, it's just a really, really strong, strong defensive and offensive game. Uh, Andy also played 80 minutes, which is astonishing for uh, a prop. Going into the back line, I'll probably give it to Luke Marshall. Really strong defensively and uh, also done all of the basics right. Uh, just controlled his position really well and think that uh, it gives him good standing for going forward in, in a game like that where it is so tight and he managed to hold his ground really well and not give anything away the the monster the whole game. Um, can't really say very many played badly. Um, don't know if you differ at all, Lewis, uh, or you think that everyone was fantastic and uh, played amazing games. Yeah, for me, same as you, Marty Moore, man of the match performance. I thought he was really impressive. Good to see him get a call up to the Ireland squad this week, which we'll have a little chat about later. Um, but for me, one of his best games in an Ulster shirt. Likewise, Tom Stewart, I had a little chat about him earlier. I thought he was really impressive. He really looks the part when he comes in and stands in in that hooker role. Was really impressed with him. Some lineouts didn't go our way, but you know we all know that the lineouts not all down to the thrower. So particularly impressed with him in the forwards as well, and of course Dwayne Vermeulen. I thought he was really impressive. Some really big turnovers. Again, maybe a little bit lucky to get away with out getting a yellow card, but um, another really strong game from him. In the back line, like you say, Luke Marshall, I thought really good defensively. And for me, I'm actually going to give a bit of praise to Ben Moxham as well. I think that's probably his best game in an Ulster shirt. He looked really solid defensively. You know, he was up out of the line really quickly, putting in some really strong tackles. And he was really decisive. You know, there are times where young players can come in and they're not too sure, will I drift wide, will I just hit the man in front of me? And I think the main point is he made a decision. He, he flew up out of the line and he hit the man in front of him. And it's good to see someone as young as him being really decisive. For me, disappointments, I thought probably Sam Carter would have been my main disappointment. We actually talked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago that he probably had his best game in an Ulster shirt. And he was really impressive that night. However, at the start of that second half, you know, he gave away a number of penalties for not rolling away in, the 20, in our own 22 in three or four minutes. And... You know, subsequently the referee had to speak to him and Dan McFarland took him off near enough straight away. So um, probably not the best night for him. I'm sure it's one he'll be quite disappointed with. And there's a lot of competition in that second row. So he's going to need to improve those performances if he's going to stay in the starting team. So Saturday's game was also a first opportunity for Ulster fans to see new signing Rory Sutherland, who was introduced by Dan McFarland at half time. And what a performance he put in, Jamie. I mean, uh, some huge turnovers that probably helped Ulster win the game in the end. And he looked really he looked really solid in the scrum. How pleased were you to see him make his first appearance for Ulster? And how pleased do you think Ulster fans will be? It was a great first showing. I mean, whenever you've been out for them a couple of weeks and you're getting used to the new team, I think it was very clever to not just stick him in in the deep end and start him uh, in a game. I think it was good to bring him on as a sub in half time and uh, see how he's going to 
work with the team, especially whenever there was that lead at halftime. Um, whenever you were twelve uh, points ahead, I think it was it was definitely a good idea just for that reinforcement. And he did not put a foot wrong uh, the entire game. I mean, once again, like the rest of Ulster, really, really good defensively, and uh, <clears throat> managed to pick a few balls and uh, get some of the turnovers and his rocking to be fair to him was exceptional uh, I just seen him just dive in most of the time just not caring and just getting stuck right in which is amazing for a new sign in uh, to be able to just run in and go full pelt knowing that uh, he can do that and trust his teammates to then back him up or be there for support i think it shows really really good promise for what's to come yeah jimmy i have to agree and you know we know the quality he has we've seen it through his scotland caps how well he's played his british and irish lions cap as well so we always knew he had the quality but for me to see him do it for ulster in his first appearance i think it just shows a bit of what ulster have been missing in that position for a while you know andrew warwick's not getting any younger Eric O'Sullivan maybe hasn't kicked on as much as people hoped he would have uh, and for me it was one position that Ulster have needed to strengthen for quite a long time over the last number of years and you know this is a big statement signing for Ulster and if he can stay at top form this season I think it's going to make a huge difference to that Ulster pack and I, yeah I think Ulster, plan, Ulster fans will be very happy with, with how he started. Just before we move on to the refereeing appointments, just want to let you know that Ulster were given a 60% win prediction by Premier Sports at the start of the game. And to be honest, I actually wasn't surprised at that. Munster have had a really poor start to the season. Uh, only two wins so far this year and playing a team in form like Ulster. I don't think they were expected to win even at home, which just shows for me how bad of a place Munster are in at the moment. And, you know, they have a big, big job to turn this season around and to make them Champions Cup spots because if they don't, the fans will be really unhappy and, you know, it's just not what's expected out of Munster Rugby. Something we forgot to mention whenever we're going through play by play as well was the kick to the corner in the 75th minute uh, instead of potentially taking uh, three points from a penalty kick. Um... Well, what do you think about that and maybe what swayed them to go towards the corner kick? Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy on this, Jimmy, in the supporters group on the likes of Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. I thought it was the right decision, to be honest. Ulster had given away quite a lot of penalties in their own 22 in the second half. And if they take the three points, yes, they get the ball back. Yes, they're four points ahead. However... Munster are deep in their 22. Ulster are probably going to have to kick out to escape, giving Munster the ball back. So, for me, I think it was a positive mindset for Munster. They're realising that instead of thinking to themselves, oh, we need to take the three points, we could go on to lose this, they're actually thinking, hold on a second, there's a bonus point to be won here. If we go to the corner and score a try, it's our fourth try and we get our bonus point. So, I thought it was really good. It kept us in the right position on the field, kept us deep in Munster territory, and even though we didn't score, I just feel like it was definitely the right decision from the players and uh, 
One that would probably very rarely be made, but definitely the right one for me. So Jimmy, just one more thing. John Andrew got his 100th Ulster cap against Munster. You know, how how um, how happy will he be with with that big milestone? And, you know, most of them have came from the bench. He's, he's had a lot of starts as well, but how how big do you think he is for Ulster? I'm sure he's loving life at the minute. Um, playing for Ulster, you know, 100 games. Not something that uh, many have accomplished before, and it shows his class. I guess is the best way to put it. May not have been a regular starter the whole time, or you know, first name on the team sheet, but he is definitely an asset to the club. And now he's bringing that experience with uh, quite a young team coming in the Ulster, and I think that that's it's such an asset to have. And I hope to see him here for many more games, and uh, hopefully another at least a couple of years. Hopefully. Um, but it's an amazing achievement that uh, should be celebrated. Now it's time to move on to what probably is the most controversial topic of the game against Munster, and that is the refereeing perform the refereeing appointment. Sorry, Frank Murphy, the referee for that game, has played fifteen times for Munster, and the touch judge Andy Brace was also a community rugby officer for Munster in the past as well. Jimmy, how disappointing is it to see that neutral refs aren't being appointed for these big Interpro derbies? And, you know, how strange of a decision was it from the URC? Well, I would like to start a new section of the show. Um, hopefully a one-off. I would like to call it Jimmy's Refereeing Red Flags. So, you had... Frank Murphy, a man born and bred in Munster. Now, as we know, rugby is a very territorial sport. You basically support, unless for very rare occasions, the place where you are born. For instance, a person from Ulster will more than likely support Ulster. A person from Connaught will most likely support Connaught, and so on and so forth. So, how can he be impartial in his decisions if more than likely he supports one of the clubs that are playing? Also, as Lewis mentioned, another red flag. Played for Munster. Played for a team he is refereeing and supposed to be neutral in. Played for them 15 times over 5 years so he mustn't be that good. But still played for them nonetheless. Then... Went on to have 104 appearances for Connaught. A big rivalry with Ulster. Connaught is a very good match whenever it happens and can get quite heated. So, whenever you play in them heated matches, how can you be impartial for either team? Especially a team that you may have got a bit heated at in the past. And... My last major red flag that I have picked up from him. He refereed the Ulster-Linster game last year. And gave a lot of very bad decisions. How I would solve this? Well, it's very simple. Do not let partial referees referee. Get someone who is not from 
either of the provinces or countries whenever you're talking about uh, national something that you see in other sports specifically football in Champions League can't have a referee from the same country as one of the teams and you see it in FIFA World Cup and things like that they can't be from the same continent never mind uh, country I think that there's a few occasions where that's shifted but that's basically the premise I don't understand how you can have someone from a county where they played for the team and grew up around the team refereeing a game with that team and then giving bad decisions like he did on the pitch I'm bloody furious about it, Lewis. Yeah, Jimmy, I have to completely agree. You know, I, I think it's a really, really poor decision from the URC. You know, I think the way they're looking at it is that Frank Murphy does have over 100 appearances for Connacht. However, the fact he's played 15 times for Munster, it is unacceptable that a referee who has played for a club previously can then go on to referee that club. Like... That it's it just doesn't make sense to me and it just you know there was there's clearly going to be other referees available to, re- to referee that game and to allow him to referee Munster versus Ulster is really really disappointing and to be honest I don't think he had a particularly bad game you know there were some bad decisions but I don't think he was awful there were some pretty poor decisions on both ends poor decisions against Munster and poor decisions against Ulster but I don't think the point is his performance in this particular game. I think just the appointment just doesn't make sense at all to me. And of course Andrew Brace as well, the touch judge, who was a former Monster Development Officer. You know, he's clearly spent a lot of time down in that area, down with the team. And it just doesn't make sense to me again that, that he can be involved in such a huge game. And I think it's something that the league are going to need to answer for because... A lot of Ulster fans are quite disappointed in the in the appointment. And sorry, I'd just like to agree with Jamie as well in that the URC really do need to be appointing referees from a neutral country as well as a neutral club. I just don't think it's fair that someone from another part of the island can be refereeing such a big game or a big interpro. And if the URC really do want to put out that big name as being one of the best rugby leagues in the world, you cannot be putting in a referee with such a conflict of interest. And, you know, it's again, it's something that they're really going to need to change and something we'll, we'll actually ask them about during the week and see if we can get any sort of response on this. So now that we've talked about the referee, let's have a look at some of the decisions he made throughout the games, particularly the cards. Jimmy uh, Fekatoa given a yellow card for a shoulder charge to the head on, I think it was David McCann. I mean, for me, Jimmy, it should have been a straight red card. What did you think about that decision? It was, it was the wrong decision. I mean, straight up, you're watching it and see it go in and I think that was the reason that the said was uh, his movement was late or something like that? Well, the mitigating factors that the referee gave, the first one was that David McCann took a step back, apparently, leading to a change in body position. And I think the second one was a lowering of David McCann's body position, which I thought was really strange. Trying to avoid the tackle now, 
means that you're allowed to take a hit square in the face uh, according to the referee rules so all of you props who can't be bothered uh, squatting down for a tackle just run into someone's face and say I he tried to sidestep me uh, because the rules have changed um, according to this ref anyway whenever it comes to it you see Fakatoa in the movement uh, whenever they're showing it on the TMO the step happens and he postures up instead of trying to shift his body over it's as if he thinks he's missed the tackle already or something it's just it's poor defending at the end of the day and you see he postures up and the shoulder just smack bang in the face any other time i have seen a shoulder go to the face it's a straight red no question whatsoever it's a dangerous tackle that could have caused a serious injury and uh, could have left uh, could have left lasting damage really as much as you can be like oh he's just going down for it but at the end of the day it's an illegal move and he should have been sent off in my opinion yeah 100% agree I, I just don't see how it can't be a red card in the way the game's refereed today shoulder to the head is usually a red card without there are very, very few mitigating circumstances that can get it down from a red to a yellow. And I just think it's a really poor decision. And I don't think the mitigating circumstances are at all fair. Like you say, just because David McCann's changed his body position, well, he's running at full speed. Of course he's going to change his body position. He's not going to be still the whole time. So, you know, it's Fakatoa's duty of care to ensure that he doesn't hit anyone in the head, which was a really dangerous tackle. So... I thought it was a really disappointing decision and one that I'm sure will be looked at, I would say. If there was any mi mitigating circumstance in that tackle, I would have said that there wasn't a huge amount of force in the tackle. However, I, I don't think that makes a big difference. I think it's a red card all day long. So, we've already touched on the Vermeulen, uh, what probably should have been a card, but also bit of a controversial decision once again uh, is with Chiki a uh, card what do you think about it Lewis and this bad refereeing saga that we seem to be going through yeah to be honest with this one Jimmy I probably have to agree with the referee you know the penalty was given near enough straight away and is just trying to slap the ball away from the monster player and trying to stop them from taking the quick tap which, to be honest, I don't think the monster player was going to do anyway. However, the referee seen it right in front of his eyes. It was it was pretty obvious, quite cynical and silly. He just came off the bench for Sam Carter, who we've already touched on, didn't have a great game. So, um, you know, not how you want to make your introdu introduction from the bench. But look, he's a young player. He'll learn from it. He'll he'll know not to do it again. And um. You know, for me, the right decision in the end. Now, having a look at your questions, we'll have Sammy Robinson sent us in a wee question. Uh, wants to have a chat about David McCann and Tom Schurz. Huge, in all capital letters, futures. So, Lewis, what do you think about the these young upstarts in Ulster? Yeah, well, starting off with Tom Stewart... Um, let me just say, what an impressive start to his life at Ulster. He's, he's only had five appearances, and 
to be honest, he reminds me of a young Rory Best. He has been absolutely brilliant since he's came in. His carries are huge. His tackling super. He's doing really well at the line-out. We've seen him get a few tries this season off the back of a driving mall. He seems to know the right time to break off that mall if it doesn't seem to be going well. Something we associate really well with Rob Herring. And of course, we've also seen him be involved in that Emerging Ireland Tour as well. Which which has been really good for him. So, you know, what a bright future for someone so young and so talented. Um, you know, he... He played for BRA and born in 2001. He, he's, he's not old at all. He, he's still such a young player. And for me, he has a really, really bright future at Ulster. And, you know, he, he could just be that next starting hooker for when the likes of Rob Herring's gone. And, you know, he's really putting his hand up to be second choice in the Ulster team at the moment and with David McCann you know born in 2000 so another really young player now 14 appearances for Ulster to be honest I probably would have expected to see him a little bit more I remember the first time we saw him in that Leinster game at home uh, back a few years ago and I thought he might have got a few more caps by now but we know there's a lot of competition in that back row with the likes of Timoney, Vermeulen, Jordy Murphy Marcus and Matty Ray are probably two people he's up against at the minute to get either that starting jersey or the the bench jersey number 20 so again I think he is a really a really really bright future another born and bred Ulster man you know played for Inst at schools level and I thought he was really really good against Munster there at the weekend so another man with a bright future still very young he got his opportunity with Emerging Ireland as well uh, a few weeks back, so definitely someone to keep an eye on. And yeah, it's like a lot of young players at the moment. Ulster seem to be getting quite a few coming through at the moment, which is really pleasing because Ulster fans have been crying out for born and bred Ulster players. We've seen a few years ago a lot of players coming across from across the water or from down south in Ireland. So definitely really pleasing to be getting these players through. Yep, completely agree. Really, really bright futures for two amazing young lads. Uh, so, thank you, Sammy, for the question and for listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Moving on now to the other games in the league. Starting off with the first reverse fixture uh, of the season. Glasgow Warriors and Benetton, who met in the first round. Um, Bennett and tanked Glasgow, but it seemed to go the other way this time with a 37 the nothing win for Glasgow. So, Lewis, what did you think about the game? Yeah, well, a big bonus point win for Glasgow, which will be really impressive for them. You know, they had a, a bit of a dodgy start to the season, but they definitely seem to have turned things around. I think the second try in particular was really beautifully worked. I think everyone, if you haven't seen it, should go and have a look in the highlights on YouTube. Uh, really, really good try. But Glasgow 22-0 up at half time. You know, it was really comfortable for them. A couple of mole tries as well in the second half. But there were just gaps all over the Bennett and defence. You know, they, they never really looked like getting into the game at all. Glasgow always looked like the better team. From a Benetton point of view, 19 penalties conceded, 20 missed tackles, you know, it, it's not something that they were doing at the start of the season and something they'll be really disappointed about. 
just just for me a really poor night for Benetton who have now lost their last three games after what a what a great start they had we would been talking in our last few podcasts about how well they'd started the season off and it just seems to have gone downhill all of a sudden so you know they'll be hoping to turn things around pretty quickly and get themselves back on track aiming for you know that top half of the table finish which they'd probably be really happy with and um, now moving on to Scarlet's 5 Leinster 35 yet another bonus point win for Leinster and you know you could sort of tell the way the game was going to go after 45 seconds when Leinster got the line out and scored near enough straight away the Scarlet's did respond well through a Steph Evans try but from then on it was just domination from Leinster um, and for me, I think the Scarlets will be really disappointed with another three yellow cards in the game. And their discipline this season has been really poor. A number of yellow cards. I think they've had a couple of reds, Jamie, as well, um, thinking back. And, you know, it, it's one win in seven games for them. And for the players they have, the quality of the players they have, you know, it's just crazy. It, it's not acceptable for the Scarlets. And I know Welsh rugby probably not in the best place at the moment, but you know just so many impressive players in that Scarlets team and they need to be doing a lot better than they are because they are a better team than that overall just a, a really easy win for Leinster moving on Jimmy you had a watch at the Lions Stormers game what was your thoughts on that one and what was the score so Lions and Stormers ended up finishing 31-22 to the Stormers um I actually really liked the game. It was really physical and uh, quite good in the first half. I thought that the Lions' first try was great. The resilience to keep on going after getting tripped and sort of a couple of bounces before the get-go of the actual run uh, was great. Uh, I wish that the Lions then kept showing that resilience, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, second half, they sort of just fumbled a bit and Stormers break speed from the line was unbelievable. Yeah, Lions just couldn't handle uh, Stormers break speed from the line it, it was unbelievable and just so fast the actual just the drives of it and the power that uh, some players were putting through their runs to try and get through was, was astonishing and you definitely seen that pace and longevity come in the effect because the Stormers got 21 points in 25 minutes uh, the last 25 minutes that is uh, and the Lions just could not answer them at all Stormers also had a try rolled out um, which could have seen the score go even higher uh, than what it is but I will say well done the Stormers uh, it was a really good game you know going having less possession uh, but being able to break through as they did and uh, get the points that they needed to, to get the win in the end uh, I thought that it was really really good especially after a strong sort of 10-15 minutes from Lions where it was back and forth uh, basically back and forth the whole half but I think Lions came out stronger but just couldn't couldn't answer the Stormers longevity that they were they were having Moving on to another match that I thought that the speed and backline was amazing in. Uh, it was Ospreys versus Connacht, where Connacht won 22-19, which 
came from uh, a penalty towards the end of the game. Um, whenever you looked at the game, you could sort of see how it was going to end whenever you watched the game. Uh, I think it was the right result. Ospreys had an amazing start, but you've just seen the game slowly get taken away from them and uh, Connors class, which hasn't particularly been on show this season so far, coming out and their big players uh, doing what needed to be done. Uh, I think is how you would describe it. They they done the basics and uh, Osprey just sometimes having a wee fumble and Connor just able to pass the ball out and get the get the legs going and getting the points that they needed to take the win, even though it was a very, very close game. I mean, you could barely separate the two teams at times, but I think Connor just had that edge. Yeah, only thing I really have to say about that game is it was a good win for Connor. However, 21 missed tackles in the game will probably still be a bit of a concern, so I think they'll still be working on a few things defensively especially after them two tries early on. Moving on to Bulls versus Sharks, which finished 40 points to 27, a bonus point win for the Bulls. Um, the Sharks try on half-time, give them a bit of hope. You know, they, were, they actually ended up only six points down at half-time, despite um, a really poor start. And they were also the first to score in the second half to go ahead for a bit, but the Bulls just fired ahead after that with three three uh, tries and the Sharks try on the 78th minute was only a consolation one you know there was no way they were winning that game from there and the Bulls just outclassed them the Bulls looked like a far stronger team throughout the game um, and also looking at the next game Cardiff against Edinburgh which finished 25-17 to Edinburgh a bonus point win again um, 16 penalties given away by Cardiff, so, you know, th- clearly they had quite a tough time trying to defend the Edinburgh attack. They did go ahead before half-time with a penalty try and a yellow card as well for Edinburgh. Um, so it was 17-15 at half-time. No points in the second half will be really disappointing from them. You know, Ed- Edinburgh just showed their class and were able to put Cardiff to the sword. And, yeah, I think they'll be really disappointing, especially after a big win at home last week against one of the South African sides. So, uh, plenty to work on from their perspective, and a good win for Edinburgh. Just to touch on that game, I don't know what it was about Cardiff, but for me, the first sort of 20 to 30 minutes, I noticed they looked really unprepared and sloppy. I noticed uh, whenever you're talking about tackles and things like that, they were trying to grab, uh, like just grab on shirts and uh, leaving gaps everywhere and not hitting tackles. And I noticed especially, I uh, don't really mean to like trail them through the mud or anything or property call them out, but uh, Reese Care, it was, I think it actually led the one of the tries, uh, just stood at the side of her, uh, a player who had being tackled but still going and didn't offer any support and then after the rock just stood there uh, and didn't just put his hands on his hips as if I, I can't be bothered playing I thought it was really strange after how good they had been and lastly we had the dragons 
uh, trashing Zebra, uh, 47 to 7 it was. For me, the Dragon's Possum was really tidy and it was a lovely watch. Uh, and think that that's what gave them the uh, pressure and brilliance, I guess you could say. But it is Zebra at the end of the day. Over Zebra, um, they didn't have anything on them, really. I think that the Zebra try was nice. I will say uh, the handoff was mwah, very, very delicious. Um, but that is the only redeeming factor that I really seen in that match. Uh, even though Zebra have shown fight in the season, uh, they're just stretched. And I think with the passing you've seen that, they just couldn't get, get over to the Dragons players fast enough. And uh, you've seen that they couldn't get there because there was 20 missed tackles which is a lot whenever you think about they need them tackles to, to make up for what they don't necessarily have in their attack um, and they just constantly lost possession and couldn't, couldn't do anything against the dragons which for me bodes very well for Ulster whenever we're back from the break uh, I think it's a really good game to have back after the break because you do have people away and you want to have an easy sort of run in. Uh, I will say don't underestimate them. You never know what can happen, but it's it's a nice game to come back to after a break, which will hopefully be good for Ulster. Yeah, Jimmy, have to agree. Uh, really good game for Ulster to have after the break. Zebra in a really bad way at the moment, sitting re- sitting down there in the table. They have shown fight this season, however I cannot see them being able to front up against an Ulster team that are full of confidence and playing really well at the moment. And just for those interested as well, Ulster versus Zebra tickets on sale, sitting at a tenner at the moment you can get the tickets from, so they're available on Ticketmaster for anyone who maybe doesn't go to the games as often and would be interested. It's looking like it'll be close to a full stadium, so I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere, and I'd definitely look into it if you haven't tried it in a while. And talking about the break coming up before our next game at Zebra, a wee bit of news with the Ireland squad. Uh, 12 men from Ulster picked the go. Uh, We'll have Hume, Moore, Duke, Stewart, Balakun, Laurie McCluskey Stockdale, which is a bit of a surprising one for people. Uh, Herring, O'Toole, Timoney and Treadwell. It's really nice to see that many Ulster players going the international squads. Um, what were your thoughts on at least the selection, particularly Stockdale, who knows been out injured? Yeah, like you say, I have to say I was pretty shocked at the inclusion of Stockdale I didn't think he was that close to a return from injury whether he'll get much game time or not I'm not too sure obviously just just being back he hasn't played a lot for Ulster either I think he only played a couple of games however good to see him back in the squad he'll be looking to rediscover his best form and if he can it'll be hard for anyone to take that wing jersey off him in the first game against South Africa just looking at who could actually start that game um, for me, th- there's a lot of injuries in the Ireland squad at the moment. I think Balakun should probably be a nailed-on starter at the moment. The likes of James Lowward injured, like we say, Stockdale not up to fitness yet. 
and the form he's shown this season, I think he needs to start for Ulster. Um, Mike Laurie could be another one who gets an opportunity at fullback, just depending on the injury front from other players. I would love to see McCluskey in there. The form he's shown this season has been really good, but I'd say Ringrose and Henshaw probably have them centre berths nailed down. But hopefully we'll see him get a bit of game time in these November internationals at some point. And I definitely think Rob Herring and Nick Timoney will be involved at some point, whether it be on the bench or um, starting throughout the tour. You know, they, they've been really good this season. And Andy Farrell has got them into a squad a few times. So it would be good to see them getting an opportunity throughout these as well, and especially in that first game against South Africa where... There are a few injuries in the squad and they might have a bit more of an opportunity. But yeah, like you say, to have 12 players in the squad overall is really good. Great experience for some of the young guys. And, um, you know, even the likes of Doken Murr, uh, sorry, Doken Tom Stewart, you know, they'll get a lot of experience from that being in the senior squad rather than that emerging Ireland squad from a few weeks ago. And it's great to see Marty Murr in there. You know, we've seen Tom O'Toole being in the last few Ireland squads. And that's even though Marty Murr has been the starting tight end prop for Ulster. So I definitely think he deserves his shot. Especially after that great 80-minute performance against Munster over the weekend. And just before we end, do we score a prediction? What do you think? I am going to go with 47 three to Ulster a big bonus point win I just don't think Zebra can handle the Ulster pressure what about you Jamie I think I think I'm gonna go for I'll go for a big score but I don't think it's gonna be a runaway I think we'll probably go I'm gonna go for a dead on 40 40 12 I think it'll be I think I put a wee bit of respect on Zebra I think, you know, sometimes Ulster can be a wee bit dodgy. Uh, so I think, it's, I think it's fair scores all around. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And hopefully we'll see a few returning stars. We know the likes of Ian Henderson and Will Addison very close to a return from injury. So hopefully we'll see a few surprises there. But that is it for this week's episode of Ravenhill Roundup. Thank you very much for watching. And if you enjoy, please give it a like. Also, please give us a follow on Instagram at Ravenhill underscore Roundup. Get involved with your questions that we will answer during the podcast. And we hope to have some guests on very soon as well. Remember, you can listen on Spotify, SoundCloud and Amazon Music as well. So thank you very much for listening. And we will see you after, I think it's a couple of weeks for the Zebra game, which we will be looking back on. Thanks for listening.